So now is the point in the show where we segment to important bagpiping topics and issues of the day. Right, Carl? Yes. Uh, and uh, important issues of the day. You're welcome to submit some issues on the chat. I've got some good ones queued up. But uh, as things come in the chat, here's the first one. This one is long overdue, Carl. This one's long overdue. People have asked this day after day, year after year for the last many, many years. And we just never addressed it. So I took some time to think about it last night. It goes like this. Uh, here's the question submitted on the Discord. Just curious, has anyone tried Yori Chisholm's bagpipe manometer? Uh, it's called the bagpipe gauge. Aside from the fact it's way more expensive than the dojo version. See, he's trying to butter me up. You see that? It's good. Uh, it's well phrased. Well, well done there. It is nice that it's portable so I can walk around outside with it. Walking outside with tubes of Windex seems dangerous. Uh, thoughts. I'm approaching slowly challenge five and phase two. So I was looking at manometer to get the steady blowing going. Transitioning course, here I come. Thank you. So it's a great question and we get it every day, at least once, sometimes many times. Why can't we just use the gauge manometer? So Yori Chisholm's manometer uh, seems like a good product to me. I, I think does it, it still plugs into a drone, Yori's specific one, right? It like yeah. plugs into the drone and then there's a little tube that comes out and then it connects to a gauge, a circular gauge with a needle on it that'll show you what pressure you're at, right? Um, that's not the only uh, gauge manometer out there. Uh, yeah. Some people build it into a stock and the gauge beautifully mounts onto your bagpipe. It's incredible. Uh, yeah, it's, I had one it, of those for a while with a yeah, little quick disconnect valve. I've seen, I've seen whole bands install mm -hmm. them and use them. And that would be what I would call a gauge style manometer. And then also um, we had the debate last week about the Blow Pro digital app. I want to include that in this discussion. Yeah. So the Blow Pro digital app is like a little sensor, digital sensor you put in your pipes. And then it, you know, it outputs all sorts of fun data visually to your iPhone or your iPad. That sounds really cool to me as well, right? It sounds really cool to me as well. So with all these awesome products out there, why do we still recommend this archaic, borderline dangerous, apparently? Apparently, it's dangerous. Uh, why do we still recommend the water tube? And um, I actually have visuals to accompany this somewhere, uh, which, which I'm preparing. I'm preparing visuals. Um, here we go. Visuals, sharing my screen. Where is it? Where's it's screen number two, everyone? Visuals. Um, and then I got to get my chat and everything organized here. Stand by. Oh, wait. This is just a list of all my files. Here we go. Visuals. Oh, my God, Zoom. You're so annoying. I cannot stand it. Once it's good, it's good. But then I lost track of Carl, too. Oh, there he is. Okay. Can I move you on my screen? No, I can't. That wouldn't make sense. Nope. Okay. So I have some visuals. Now, um, somebody says simple tools challenge, and the argument could very easily be made that the gauge is simpler than the water tube manometer, especially if it's just like installed into your stock or something. Um, all you got to do is like click that thing on and it's going to work and it's going to tell you what the pressure is inside your bag. Okay. So 
here's visuals. Uh, basically, there's a list of pros and cons, and uh, and I want to go through them with you. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that together. The thing about it is the oh, the big thing. The reason we uh, still advocate for the tube style manometer, okay, is because blowing steady is more. You need to know more than just what pressure you're blowing at. Okay. If that was all we needed to know, the gauge would make a lot more sense. If all we needed to know was like where the needle needed to point on the manometer, but there's more to it than that. And by using a gauge, you're really uh, selling the possibility short. Let's, let's look at the first line on my visual together. Everybody see my visual? The checkbox checked off means yes. The checkbox unchecked means no. So basic sweet spot identification. Carl, what are you doing over there? You seem distracted. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm solving an urgent problem that you, you asked to make sure things get done timely. So I'll be right back. Keep going. Interesting. He's trying to use my own words against me. All right. I guess I'm on my own for this. So basic sweet spot identification. This is the, believe it or not, I believe the most important thing a manometer has to allow us to be able to do. Um, so the sweet spot is what? The sweet spot is like the optimal pressure uh, for our chanterid. And the manometer can be very helpful, especially uh, when we're beginning. The manometer can be very helpful as, uh, for us as a tool to kind of identify where that might be. And then to practice making sure we stay roughly at that pressure as we play bagpipes. Thumbs up if that makes sense. Okay. So the, all three of these manometers can do a good job with that, I would say, right? Helping us identify where the sweet spot is. Okay. Let's go to the next one. All three manometers should be pretty good with a basic steadiness visual as well. You should be able to look at any of these manometer types and you'll be able to see basically if you're blowing steadily or not. Like think about the physical blowing process, right? You're blowing in, you're squeezing, uh, and there's transitions between them. Uh, all three of those should be fine for that too. Making sense so far? Just like, you know, you're looking at the gauge and you got the little needle. And I guess if the, I don't really know, I, I haven't used one that much, but I'm, I, I guess if the needle is staying fairly still, that means you're blowing steady. And if it's moving around, I guess that means you're blowing unsteady. So for basic steadiness, uh, all three manometers can do that, right? Okay. Let's talk about more advanced steadiness. How many components are there in the physical blowing cycle on the bagpipes? How many phases? How many components? How many parts? Anybody? I'd say four. I'd say four, right? Blowing in transitioning between blowing and squeezing, squeezing and transitioning between squeezing and blowing. All right. On a regular basis, where at exactly what point during the physical blowing cycle do you become unsteady? Uh, is it from blow? Is it during the blowing? Is it during the transition from blow to squeeze? Is it during the squeeze? Or is it uh, you know, from uh, between the squeeze and the blow. On a regular basis, where do you struggle? Okay, my point to the world is that the water manometer can help us very clearly visualize that and start to pick up on the patterns. 
like, oh, every time I start blowing in again, this is me. Every time I start blowing in again after the squeeze, I notice the manometer dips a little bit. Fascinating, right? Am I going to be able to see that clearly on a gauge at exactly what point during the blowing cycle uh, my manometer dips down? Uh, if you can't, you probably could. A valiant, a valiant defender of the gauge is going to say, yeah, I can see that, but you can't see it anywhere nearly as clearly on a gauge as you can on the water manometer. The water manometer makes it extremely clear. The gauge. Oh, it's like blink and you miss it. Right. Blinking. And that's right. And if you're not sort of looking at it, you're going to miss it as well. Um, and then the same would go for the app. I know there are valiant blow pro app defenders out there, but it's just not going to help you to the degree that the water manometer is mental blowing anomaly, visual cues on a basic level. All of the manometers will help you maybe kind of see like, Oh dear. Every time I get up to the high A, uh, it seems like I increase in the blowing. So from a basic perspective, they can all be good. But from a more detailed, advanced perspective, uh, the water manometer is going to be a far better tool for visualizing. It sounded like you're going to say something, no? Um, no I'm just reading your other lists yeah. here. <laughs> other items are good. Right. It's like PCR versus antigen. Well, let's not get started on that. PCR is what a hot mess. Okay. Uh, video record your results easily. This is a big one for me. One of the biggest reasons we want to use a manometer is to not look at it. Mm. To me, that's probably the most valuable aspect of this, like, or at least equally as valuable as looking at it. So when we look at the manometer, we can find all sorts of uh, super interesting things. But the most important thing about blowing steadily is that you can do it without the manometer. So what I want to do is I want to point my smartphone at it, take a video recording of what happens when I'm not looking, right? Did the practice that I put in while I was looking pay off? Well, the only way you're going to know is if you're going to record it. Now, how are you going to record your gauge manometer? You're going to have to zoom in. You're going to have to zoom in on that tiny little gauge in order to be able to see the video. Now you're zoomed in on the gauge. How are you going to see yourself in the video? Right? So for video recording purposes, the water manometer way better. And if you're not video recording yourself, doing your blind manometer tests, by the way, is someone's mic on that's not Carl or is that just Carl? It's all good. I'm very distractible today, apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, if you're not in the shot, you know, that could be problematic as well. And then the BlowPro app, I don't know about you, but I, my video recorder is my phone. So how am I going to record the app and record myself using my phone? Uh, you, you're going to need another device, I guess. And if that's not way off into complicated tools land, I don't know what is. So that's that one. So portable. This is one of the big downsides of the water tube manometer. But is it though? Now, you can't march around with this manometer particularly easily, but I've used a manometer all over the damn place. Uh, we had years, two years at Orin Moore, where a manometer was required to enter my band practice facility. And I, have, I, happen, to know, I happen to know that Ulster, Eric Olette's, uh, that Eric Olette leads, I happen to know they're doing the same thing with the manometers. You can absolutely, you can. And sh should, why not? Absolutely bring your water manometer. It's extremely portable. If you insist on stapling it to a huge, gigantic board, 
that's going to be a problem. But if you go with the simple design, all you need is a coat hanger and you can bring that thing anywhere. So I don't want to hear that the water manometer is completely unportable. Now, are the others yeah, more the way, portable? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, hang on. We can also like leave the Windex in there. You just got to roll it up carefully and keep track of it. Because if it rolls in circles like this, yes, you will dump water out. But if it just stays flat, the water doesn't run out of it. Yep. I've seen it done. I've, I've seen done. it done. I've we're, also yeah, we're spilled sp it once or twice, but you yeah, know, it's Windex. It's not That's the Windex. end of the world. When you spill it, it makes things cleaner. <laughs> All right. So uh, it just, you might pass out from the fumes, but anyway, uh, are the, is the gauge more portable for sure? Yeah. But the water tube is not totally in portable. It's, uh, it's designed, the engineer that created the water manometer, genius, happens to be extremely portable. That would be Carl, as far as I know. He's an engineer. He's, uh, that, well, he perfected the design, let's say. He was standing on the shoulders of giants, and then he perfected the design. Uh, and then the Blow Pro app. Yeah, I guess it's portable, especially if you can mount your phone to your blowpipe. I think Yori sells a phone mount for your pipes too, right? So there you go. Obviously, uh, I'm a bagpipelessons.com affiliate, obviously. Yeah, Got to head <laughs> over there. Check that out. No, no. But yeah, you could absolutely do that. Um, bad posture risk. Okay. Manometer has no risk or the water manometer has no risk, especially if you're setting it up correctly and like things will be at approximately eyeball height. But with the gauge, I remember the gauges all used to be mounted on the blowpipe. So if you're playing your bagpipes and trying to stare down at your blowpipe the whole time, is that good or bad for posture? Not good. And the same would be true with the, with the blow pro, unless you, I guess you could put it on your music stand or something, you could get around it. But uh, I, I have a funny feeling. A lot of people who use the blow pro are uh, not tending to their posture as they're using it. Okay. So far, so good. This is just brainstorming, by the way. Maybe I've missed some. Uh, can you easily mark the sweet spot on the water manometer? Yes. On the other things? No. What do we know about the sweet spot? Those of us who have used the water manometer for long enough know the sweet spot's never really in the same place for very long. It changes from day to day slightly, but it does change. So like, I don't know how you're going to mark the sweet spot off on your water manometer, but unless you're in the position to change it regularly, that's going to be difficult to do. And over time, means gauge, but yeah, that's what I meant. What did I say? Water. Uh, the gauge manometer. Yeah. So it's going to be really hard to do on the gauge. And then the blow pro app, I know you can do it. It like sets those, those ranges. I know it's possible, but is it easy? Is it easy to just reach over and tweak it? I'm sure the valiant defenders of the blow pro would say, yeah, but it's nowhere near as easy as the water manometer. You just reach over and you move the zip tie. It's beautiful. All right. Go ahead, Carl. I, I, I only say, say I, was, I didn't mean to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off there. God, I'm done. <laughs> you can't be done. You got to help me out. Super vivid, rapid feedback is the next point. Did you have a point about the previous one? I was just saying it, it, the, the manometer is a study in simple tools. It just is. It happens to be tied to everything else. It's the simplest possible viable tool. Mm -hmm. I really think that. Okay. Super vivid, rapid feedback. Super vivid, rapid feedback. Nothing can come close to competing with the water manometer. 
the wa- water manometer is not nice. It gives you super vivid feedback. If you're unsteady, the water manometer is going to let you know. I sometimes find with the gauge uh, that it's way too forgiving and it's way not clear enough that someone is way off the mark with the steadiness. If you're way off the mark, I want you to know. So then, then we can then we can work on it. Okay. And I don't really know about the Blow Pro app. I don't have extensive use, but something tells me it's not nearly as vivid uh, in showing you the, the nitty gritty as the water manometer. Here's a downside of the tube manometer. Can you operate three drones while you use it? Now, Yori's you can't either because I think it corks into one of the drones, right? But the ones that plug into the stock, like you can operate three drones while you use it. Uh, what do we think about this? Here's what I think. This could be a potential downside of the water manometer, except that in my opinion, uh, those who are truly ready for three drones shouldn't really need the manometer on a consistent basis anymore. It would just be, it would be an occasional tool that you use to workshop certain things, but you're not going to be spending huge portions of time plugged into it, right? Think about the bagpipe freedom process, right? Even in phase four, we don't really require it anymore, right? Um, and, and it's more about understanding the concepts, right? So, so um, <clears throat> a tube that connects to a gauge can connect to a water manometer. I think I agree. Okay, let's keep going. Adequately crushes the soul <laughs> was the last part, uh, was the last one. And this is a little bit funny, of course, but the water manometer crushes your soul like nothing else does. Um, and uh, so it's a little bit funny, ha, 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 ha. But it's also kind of not funny. A lot of people think that they blow fairly steady and they're not even remotely in the same hemisphere as what I'm looking for uh, as a teacher of bagpiping tonal quality, right? Uh, we're going to get to an, a possibly another topic that relates to this, but uh, how long before you get the hang of steady blowing? How long would you say that it takes? And like all 10 of the active skills that we do as pipers, you're never going to get there. That's the point. How many people, how many people get, how many people have got reading down, you know, reading the English language? Oh, I'm so great. No, you're wrong. I can give you English. I can give you English speaking material that will rattle your brain that some people can understand. And you're just not at that level yet. No matter how good you get, there's always a next level is my point. Okay. And tonal quality fundamentals are the same. Okay. Are you blowing perfectly at the sweet spot? No. I'll give you a hint. No, you're not. Are you, is your physical blowing uh, process perfectly steady? I'll give you a hint. No. And then mental blowing anomalies. No. And it's never going to be perfect. So what I want is a tool that's going to be maximally honest with me, AKA crushes my soul. I want I want to have all the details. That's going to give me what I need to continue to move forward uh, in those areas as much as I possibly can. Making sense? So that's like the not, the not jokey part of that line. I want the data. Okay. I don't want to prove that I'm steady. I don't. And, and then in my opinion, feel free to disagree. 
I don't want a fancy app that gives me data about the steadiness. I don't want that. I want a tool that tells me the truth that I can work with super easily if I want to. Uh, that's going to actually help me move forward. There you go. That's my spiel. It took a while. Anything I, else? Have we missed any obvious benefits, Carl? I, I was one more. Yeah, go ahead. The moving average. A water manometer gives you a moving average of what you're doing. Um, and so if you have a giant surge, you'll see that water sort of uh, bobbing back and forth for a little while, which means you can look back in time. A little bit. If you yeah. missed it. Right? Great point. If you missed like, oh, I heard something and you weren't watching your monitor, you look back and it's going like this. Okay. It at least gives you an indication of what just happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then I find like, uh, if you do need to make subtle adjustments to your sweet spot as you're playing throughout a performance, perhaps a longer performance, being good at keeping that average, that moving average steady allows you to make very subtle difference, uh, changes across your blowing to sort of like, uh, it just teaches you to be a really steady blower. Yeah. But yeah. Moving average. Great point. That's a great point. Fantastic point. Uh, yeah. And you do, you get, you get punished for mistakes in yeah. a way too. Uh, yeah. or, and, or you could also look at it. The glass is half full. You get rewarded for, uh, for being good too, but yeah, something bad happens. And then, yeah, you, you see that sort of momentum after the fact, which is really cool. Uh, and if you blink, you won't miss it. Right. right. Uh, so there you go. Anyway, I, uh, I finally just sat down and I wanted to go through these things. So, uh, if we sum up all of the scores here, can I do a good old fashioned, uh, sum with the check marks? Nope. <laughs> Zero. But you could see how the tube style is considerably better than the other options, at least in terms of the things that's important to me. Tube considerably better. And it's uh, less I, expensive, I think. And well, yeah. it's certainly less expensive than the Blow Pro. I don't know about the Blow the gauge, but Sally says it does not work with a canister system. It's a great point. Uh, it works better if you just take the canister out or you disconnect the tube, but even the tube is gonna cause some restriction. And at any time there's restriction in there, conceptually, it pads the results of your steadiness. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep, no battery, there you go. That's right, great point, Dave. I like that a lot. No battery or maintenance. Well, there's some maintenance, I suppose. So let's go with no battery. Yeah, you gotta you gotta top it's off the like, water from time to time. Uh, then we have no Windex though, uh, and uh, that loses. It loses <laughs> in that category. There's definitely spilling of annoying Windex everywhere. I hate it. Uh, there you go. Good. I, that's a good topic though. You gotta hand it to me. That that's a good, good topic. One. It's perfect for simple tools. You nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the embodiment of a simple tool. The gauge is very simple. It's true, but it's not, it's not as viable as you wish it was. And could you build a gauge yourself? Oh, I don't know. Can you go to the hardware store and build a gauge? Yeah, farming that I mean, connection. You still have with to your buy own. the gauge though, right? With a water manometer, you can make every single component of it. Now, from the basic functionality, that's it. It's as simple as you can get. 
How do you do the cork? Like just make, do it like a duct tape cork? You could, you yeah, could. or you drill a hole in a, in a frozen cork carefully without drilling your hands. Um, but yeah. Yikes. Yikes. I'm just going to buy one. I'm just going to, or I'm just going to ask Carl if he'll make me one. Did I get it Carl, did you no, get it patented? I, I don't think there's a way to patent that thing. I mean, the technology is so old. Uh, a manometer like that has been around forever. You can find like really old drawings of it. Okay. Before I go to my really risky topic, uh, let's get this one. This one's more important. This one's called, will I ever get rhythm down? Cause I already referred to this. So I want to make sure we get to it. Will I ever get rhythm down is the topic of this one. Uh, Brad was asking about this on the discord. Sometimes I wonder if I will ever get rhythm down and just let that marinate for a minute. We all wonder this. It, it's definitely the one thing I struggle with the most. See these artful pauses I'm doing. The metronome seems like a big distraction that takes away from me focusing on the tune I'm trying to play. That's a really juicy line. I totally know where he's coming from. I, and usually I still can't tell if I'm on the beat or not when that thing is firing off. That was Brad's point about rhythm. We can all relate to that. If it's not rhythm, it's something else. It could be anything. It could be any one of the 10 active skills. It could be even be an inactive skill like bagpipe maintenance. No matter what I do, I just can't seem to get all my ducks in a row. My bagpipe's always leaking and too hard. Um, anyway, here's what I said in reply, and then we can riff on this. I thought it was a good reply, but I, I wanted to, but it's also a little bit on the Kurt side, perhaps. Uh, do golfers ever get down? Sorry, do golfers ever get golf down? That wouldn't be the right way to look at it. Any golfer who claims to have it down is obviously not going to be a very good golfer, right? That's not how golf works. Anyone who's played golf will let you know. MQM loves golf. Instead, good golfers try to develop all of the key aspects and trust that this will lead to better and better outcomes. In other words, golfers are going to focus on what seems to be the fundamental components, and they're going to try to improve those components as well as they possibly can. And then if it leads to better and better outcomes, that suggests that they were doing the right thing. That's golf. You can apply that to anything. So with rhythm, what we want to do is focus on the process of rhythm, the things that we know are the fundamental components. Okay. We don't want to focus on how much longer it's going to be before we get it down in quotes, get it down before we're, you know what I mean? This happens all the time. How many people work out and they're mainly focused on how long before they're going to get abs, right? That's not, that's not the right way to do it. It's not going to go well for you, right? Uh, there's always going to be more rhythm to learn, you guys. It's the same thing before with the steady blowing thing that I was pointing out. I, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to achieve rhythm. You don't want that. Rhythm is one of those infinite things. Okay. There's always more rhythm, more accuracy, new challenging rhythmic scenarios, right? New combinations. There's all, that's what you want. Oops. What happened? Did I freeze? Gosh, yeah. You froze a little bit there, but I think we're what's on. the last thing you heard me say? Cause I was on a roll. Uh, freezing. No, <laughs> uh, rhythmic, cat, uh, rhythmic something rather. <laughs> Remember. Right. There's always going to be more rhythm to learn. Okay. There's always going to be new scenarios, new combinations of fundamentals that work with rhythm that are going to destroy you at first. Right. And then you're going to have to work on it and work through it and get better at it. So 
no matter how bad you think you are at rhythm, okay, you're always equally far away from the goal because the goal is like infinite. So you just chip away at the basics. Don't worry about getting rhythm down because I promise you it's never going to happen. At least, get better. yeah, at, at least in my vast experience. Um, I still miss clicks all the time. Uh, here's an interesting bit of information. I'm the first person in the history of the dojo to pass the bagpipe freedom process in five weeks. Five attempts, bagpipe freedom, people. Now, that should come as no surprise, hopefully. Uh, but uh, in those recordings, there's rampant imperfection across basically all categories. Okay. So we're not talking about perfection. And uh, if you think that's a thing, or, and then let's put perfection aside for a second. Let's say you're just normal. You're just going for good enough. That's also a super huge mistake. There's no such thing. Stop it. Stop it with that. You don't want good enough. You don't want perfection. Okay. What you want is to continually improve, right? At those building blocks, push the envelope a little bit further and further. Eventually rewarding. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, well, I think it's like, it's a balance between rewarding and soul crushing. And like, what we're really doing is just walking that line uh, and just, uh, and then you should be able to enjoy the natural byproducts of that over time. You will get that nice benefit where people are like, holy crap, how does Dave play so well? Right. That is something that is enjoyable when people that really, really enjoy your playing and maybe they even admire you. That's cool. That's happened to me once or twice. Right. Uh, and it's a cool feeling, but that's not what you're practicing for. Uh, there's no guarantee that's ever going to happen. Uh, but that can be a natural, a natural byproduct of, of walking that line and, uh, and working and continually working on the things that matter in hopes that it'll get you a better, better and better outcome. <clears throat> Yeah, Cam tried to fail me in phase three. That's true. But then I looked deeper into the results, and it <laughs> turned out that as a result of it being slightly cool in the room, there were certain anatomical distractions for Cam that distracted him from uh, like the objective playing that was going on. Do I need to explain it? <laughs> saw my my nipples poked through my shirt a little bit and it and it threw him off and he thought it should be a fail that's it you guys asked i wasn't i was going to keep it vague and then people were like no no andrew you have to tell us what does that mean <laughs> um i did not pass myself so anyone that wants to pass bagpipe freedom must be submitted for a second opinion and uh, the second opinion is me. Uh, but in this case, I let Carl I'll give the second opinion. And what do we say? Like, it's interesting. I had a really, really hard time perfectly locking in with the click. It was a really strange phenomenon where I was actually behind the click ever so slightly on a regular basis. Uh, and it was weird. So the first few times that I practiced it, uh, that's like an adjustment I had to make. It's, yeah. it's a, it was really difficult, surprisingly difficult to do. I, I'm still waiting for one of the, the lads there to do my phase five. Well, and then I, I'm looking forward to giving my second opinion on that. Yeah. 
If not, I've got I've got parts three and four ready to go too. But you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll work on it. So Carl, Carl's uh, Carl's close. Anyway, I digress. What were we even talking about? It just got off into bragging land. <laughs> All right. Will I ever get rhythm down? No. But yeah. but it seems like I'm being mean. I'm not. That's what, we don't want to get it down. That's not the idea. The idea is to keep chipping away and get a little bit, a little bit, a little bit better at it. All right. We're only going to get to three out of the four topics. Are there any super important ones in the chat that maybe there, I missed? There was one that one that I, was really quick to answer that said, am I ever going to get to phase five or how am I ever going to? The, the answer is incrementally. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same idea as what we were just talking about. Yeah. If you're focusing on, uh, if you're sort of like in line with the 11 commandments, you will get there. Most people, most people grind to a devastatingly slow pace because they're not actually following the process. You know what I mean? By the way, I'm in bagpiping. I'm really good at this in my outside life. I'm terrible at doing this. You know, it's like, Ooh, let me get, let me, I want to get super in shape and I want to do like awesome, cool, like CrossFit moves and stuff. And when I work out and I, I, I've really plateaued in like a lot of the ways, uh, a lot of the ways I'd love to be great at CrossFit, but guess what? At the end of the day, I'm not really doing what they tell me to do. My diet's not really particularly great and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so until I really follow the process, I really Luckily, I know that I shouldn't really expect incredible results. Like we have to figure out a way. But if you do, it'll work for you. Uh, next topic. This one's a ballsy one. This is the risky one. This is, I think, so. well, yeah. Look, really, Andrew? This one is the risky one? Okay. So um, it came through the, or people were talking about uh, PBROC in the Discord and, uh, oh, and how it's, uh, in, it's required to do the PDQB certifications level five and beyond PROC is required, which is, I don't think a terrible thing. However, I, then I came out and said something It just slipped out. I don't think, I don't think PROC is required to be a real piper. It came out and then people accused me of being very brave in saying that, but I don't think so. And then, and then like that leads me to what, what do what is a real bagpiper? I the the uh, it wasn't always the case, but the definition of a real bagpiper in my mind is now very clear, and uh, that is what allows me to say things like "You don't have to play peabrock to be a real bagpiper." That allows me to say that with boldness and confidence. And if anyone challenges me, I know what I would say. What would I say? A real bagpiper is anyone who can truly express their own voice and their own creativity via their instrument, period. End of story. So could you be a master P-Rock player and be a real piper? Of course. They're all over the place, right? People who have become so good at controlling their instrument. Uh, that the P-Rock they play, like that's what they're interested in. That's what they love exploring. And as a result, like they play this phenomenal P-Rock music. Um, <clears throat> absolutely could be. But then I'm not sure if Lincoln Hilton plays P-Rock or not. I think he does. 
But you don't know that. You've probably never, never heard him play a P-Rock. Maybe you have. Don't know. Don't really care. My point is, there's no evidence Lincoln Hilton plays P-Rock. Is he a real bagpiper or not? Like, hell yeah, yeah he is. The guy, like, lights up the place and has a huge audience. I think his nipples show through his shirt sometimes, too. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to keep this really base. Just trying to not let, I don't want to, I don't want to let this show get too good. We're not to live uh, up. Um, but uh, no, incredible Piper, no evidence that he plays P rock. And then like, um, I don't, but you, you see what I mean? Like you can, you can play P rock. And I think that like, I think they're incorporated in the PDQB process because P-Rock is a major part of bagpiping history, right? And I think, uh, and, and then it's definitely, uh, and definitely from a theory standpoint, the more advanced you get as a player, you'll realize all the ways in which P-Rock and especially P-Rock competition has shaped what we do. So I, I think, I definitely think that it could be important and it's certainly extremely valuable, but it's. Nope. Looks like Andrew's frozen again. Truly. Oh, I froze again. I just saw everyone's face move. But it's truly, I think, was the last thing we heard. What? What's the last thing you heard? But it's truly. Or I don't know. But it's and then truly happened later. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, there you go. Do you think Peeb would quickly die out if it wasn't a required part of exams and competitions? No, it wouldn't die out. People are too passionate about it. I mean, I look, think. Look uh, at the, Look at the discussion that happened when, when we suggested that they weren't necessary. I mean, there, there's a lot of passionate people by it. It's not going to die out. Okay. Here's my thought on this. I think okay. yes. No. <laughs> I think yes, P-Brock as we know it would suffer a huge blow, but there'd be a sil there would be a silver lining there. P-Brock as I think it sh should and could be would probably come about as a result, which would really, really excite me. So that's a, that's a really deep rabbit hole. Uh, but yeah, I think, P, I think, a, a, I think a, a lot of the aspects that make P-Rock really like difficult and troublesome and challenging and uh, like from, a, from an overarching musical interest point of view, I think those things would die out. I do. Mm -hmm. If they, if it wasn't, a, you know, built into the competition system, uh, well, we should go down that rabbit hole. Sometimes I'm not actually saying P, P Brock should die. That's not actually what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there's certain elements of it that I don't think make a whole lot of sense. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for that one. I just feel it. I can just feel it now. <laughs> okay. But I, I think if I were to get in trouble, it would be because people are misunderstanding me. Okay. Uh, new, a new feature of, of the Friday show, new feature, super important feature, dojo shout outs, mm. dojo shout outs. Uh, the first one is from Alex. I think she's here today, or at least she was. No, she's still here. It's been exactly one year since I've decided to go after a bucket list goal and pick up the bagpipes. It's Alex's one year anniversary. Woo. I've had my fair share of squeaks and squawks and moments of pure exasperation. Sounds familiar. Just another day in the office. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. But I'm so glad I'm doing it and making my way ever so slowly to being a bagpipe player. What is slowly? 
I bet you you're making your way, if you're following the process, you're making it there way quicker than average, mm-hmm. I would guess. And a way higher level than average. <laughs> uh, since we're low on time, we got to be quick. Next one, Lee McLeod. Lee's like one of the dojo OG. If you think you're dojo OG, just compare yourself to Lee. I think Lee, m- Lee might even have been here before like John Holcomb, like technically on paper. Like oh, really? I've forgotten one. that bit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I digress. Uh, <clears throat> it's quite long. Thanks, Lee. He's like a social studies teacher or something. Uh, <laughs> never fear. If you follow dojo methodology, you will be able to produce good tone, tune your own pipes to a high standard, and produce a wonderful sound that will receive praise from the players you respect most. Sounds good so far. I know this because it's something I've achieved along the way to bagpipe freedom. He's gloating a little bit here. However, he... he um, I feel like the second part of this is good, but caution. This is a caution to all you people who are following the dojo process. Beware. What they don't tell you is the process doesn't end there. Maybe they did tell me, but I wasn't listening. Yep. We did tell you many times. (laughs) Okay. As good as my tone has become receiving high praise from the graders and even from the man himself. Oh, I think he's referring to me there. Yes, you're right. Uh, The shortcomings in my sound are now even more glaringly obvious. Yes, the more you learn, the less you know. I think Einstein said that. This has caused me frustration to the point of missing my unconscious incompetence days. Uh Uh Wanting that magnificent tone that the heavy hitters in the big league get and not being able to achieve it yet. It does test my patience. The moral of the story is, I went from thinking I just didn't have a good ear for tuning to with a lot more practice, I can now hear that it might be possible. I love that. Yeah. Fantastic. It sums it up. It does. And it's not unrelated to some of the stuff we've talked about today. Two shout outs. I got another one. We'll include it in next week's shout outs. Done. That's a show right there. Hey, everybody, Andrew Douglas here from the Piper's Dojo, and I just want to say thanks so much for listening to today's iteration of the podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, it would be super helpful to us and to a lot of bagpipers out there trying to find us. If you could give us a top-notch review on whatever platform you're using to listen to this podcast, particularly Apple, iTunes, and Spotify, and things like that, your review would be really, really helpful. So if you have a moment today, definitely go over there and help us out. Other than that, until we meet again on the podcast or somewhere else, thanks again for listening.